the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Today is Monday, January 31st, 2011. This is episode number 84 of Purple Mafia. That's right, 84 of Purple Mafia. You could kind of call it a tribute to Randy Moss, the former Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. Yeah, two-time Viking wide receiver. Shucks, in the second stint, he lasted almost four games. Yeah, because in the fourth game, he didn't really play. That's right, no, he didn't. But enough about Randy Moss and enough about number 84. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I appreciate each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show or podcast or whatever you want to call it. Our executive producer, Dylan Richardson, was kind enough to introduce me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan, whichever way you want to go about it. So yeah, we're going to kind of sort of review the (laughs) conference finals. Yeah, I'm a little bit late. But then again, what happened yesterday? Just the Pro Bowl. So, sorry sorry that it's been two weeks instead of one. Again, kind of a busy schedule here and there and up and down. And, of course, uh, you know, getting together and all that good stuff. So, we're going to get things going here. We're also going to preview the Super Bowl. That's mostly what the focus of today's show is. More so than the actual games themselves. Because the games were, well, they were pretty boring. Yes, they were. All right, Steelers-Packers, folks, in the Super Bowl. Oh, goody. Aren't you excited? The Steelers and the Packers are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not excited either. It's, uh, no, not really. Two of my least favorite teams are in the Super Bowl, so naturally I'm not all too excited. But, of course, I will watch the game, and we're going to talk about it on Purple Mafia eventually. No, <laughs> Hopefully as soon as, uh, hopefully earlier than, than later. And, of course, we're going to talk about a little bit of Viking news before we actually review the preview, (laughs) yeah, review and preview, we could say, review and preview, conference finals and Super Bowl, in that order, of course, a little bit of Viking news, mostly, well, the Vikings did not get (laughs) the now, the now Jets uh, offensive coordinator, (laughs) Josh McDaniels, but the Vikings did get the Atlanta Falcons quarterback's coach, Bill Musgrave, to be the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. So that's pretty much going to be the Viking news. We're going to talk briefly about that. Not so much. I mean, I don't know enough about him to really get into it. So really, we're going to kind of jump into the Facebook page right now, really, to talk about these things. That way we interact with you fans as well. Again, no call-ins for this show. Very unfortunate. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is the number to the voicemail line. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia. That's why it's a voicemail. Treat it as such. Leave your name and uh, town. Opine, 
you know, opinion, question, shout out, whatever it is. So yeah, the Facebook page, because the group has had no action on it in a while, unfortunately, so that might be dying soon. Um, Purple Mafia, or excuse me, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Very cool indeed. Always wonderful to have you on board and checking things out there. Yeah, we're going to go back a couple weeks here a little bit. Lots of posts, so we're going to get to those right away. Yes, we are. At least as many as possible. Excuse me, as I kind of lost track of where I was. Things really getting funny here. And there we go. Yep, Josh McDaniel signed the agreement to become the Rams' offensive coordinator. That was quite unfortunate. And my response was, no. And then Dan Doro basically says, yeah, it sucks. We need somebody new. And, of course, yeah, because Daryl Bevel's not really going to be here. Mike Singletary, as predicted by your host, your Purple Mafia host, Paladino Joey. Mike Singletary will be the Minnesota Vikings' uh, linebackers coach, along with the assistant head coach position. Congratulations to Mike Singletary, and congratulations to the Vikings in landing Mike Singletary. I like it very much. So the Bears teammates, the Monsters of the Midway, part of that great 85 Bears defense, reuniting with the Minnesota Vikings staff in Leslie Frazier and the great Mike Singletary. So that's good news to uh, kind of, sort of, make up for losing Josh McDaniels, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, I don't like how McDaniels handled things in Denver, but, hey, we do like how Josh McDaniels handled things in New England. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The New England Patriots offense, about as good as it gets, very well run indeed. And, yep, Dan Doro again says, looks like the Vikings will bring in somebody new because, well, Daryl Bevel was interviewing for the Seattle Seahawks for multiple positions. So we'll see how things go there. Daryl Bevel has been interviewing across the league. Uh, the Vikings also hire Huey, <laughs> the running back coach, excuse me, running back coach offer from the Vikings. These are posts by Dan Doro. Very nice to have that up there as well. Saying how with McDaniels with the Rams, getting either Kyle Orton or Tim Tebow from the Broncos is very slim. And yeah, we're not going to be getting uh, Kyle Orton or Tim Tebow, but there could be a, another very strong possibility because, <laughs> as Brent Jacobson says here on January 20th, he said this, From everything I'm hearing, Leslie Frazier and Bill Musgrave want to implement a power running and vertical passing type offense. That's, of course, Bill Musgrave from the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons quarterback coach, named the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator officially, but yeah, they want to implement a power running and vertical passing type offense, kind of similar of what teams in New England and Atlanta run. Based on this new system, I suggest that if the the bridge isn't totally burnt, I would consider bringing Tavares Jackson back on an incentive-laden one-year deal and see how he will do. It is my belief that Childress tried to pound the round peg that is Tavares Jackson, into the square hole. <laughs> yeah, that is the square hole that is the West Coast offense for Jackson and may have ruined T-Jack. Perhaps this new system could work for him better. As I am about to post this, I will be putting on my flame retardant <laughs> <Tartan> suit. <laughs> That's funny. Um, classic. Brent Jacobson, gotta love him. Gotta love him. Always has cool stuff to say. Um, I love when he's like, I'm out, when he calls in. <laughs> That's a shout-out to him there, too. Um, man, I missed you. Call in, Brent. Missed you. Call in to Purple Mafia show as soon as possible, will you? 209-736-7877. Uh, 
others out there as well. Anthony from L.A., if you're still listening, I hope you are, and I'm sure he is. Hey, call in when you can, man. So, yeah, very good thoughts there. Uh, Tavares Jackson, did he really seem like the kind of quarterback that's equipped for the West Coast offense? No, not really. He's more built for a vertical passing game. That's right. He is built for a vertical, vertical passing game. Man, am I kind of talking funny today? I ran episode number 84, that is. Um, Tavares Jackson is definitely built for a vertical passing game. He's got a great arm, and he's uh, athletic, all that good stuff. I think he would have fit better in that type of offense. So, great thoughts there. Not That doesn't eliminate the mistakes that Tavares Jackson continues to make at the NFL level. Because I guess the first-team offense, I was listening back to an earlier episode, I was making fun of how... Well, well, Tavares was going against first team, and, uh, you know, Sage Rosenfels was going against uh, uh, second and third team's defenses. Well, that doesn't, necess- that doesn't mean that Tavares Jackson's a good quarterback, then, if he's sucking against first team defenses, because you play against first team defenses in the NFL. So, that gives you a little bit of a problem. Sure, that means that Sage Rosenfels isn't necessarily better than Tavares Jackson if he's beating up on, you know, second teamers and stuff. But that also does not does not cement Tavares Jackson as a starting quarterback in the NFL if he's sucking against first-team defenses. What does that tell you? Okay, again, I'll calm down there. I was about to rant a little too much there. We're going to kind of leave that as is. But, uh, yeah, Tavares Jackson is, is a very turnover-laden quarterback. Not that Brett Favre wasn't this year, <laughs> but no. He makes so many mistakes, it's ridiculous. Kind of leave that as there. Dan Doro, very busy on the Purple Mafia page, and I appreciate it. Dan Doro, love his contributions to this show. Love it. Hey, maybe Dan Doro consider calling in to Purple Mafia. We'd like to hear your voice on this show. Come on now. Call in. Keep posting on the page, though. It's awesome. Very, very, very much appreciated. He says, found this interesting with Craig Johnson from Tennessee being our quarterback coach. Vince Young might be a possibility. What do the Purple Mafia followers think of Vince Young being a Viking. I kind of like the idea. I thought I responded to it, and I'm kind of mad at myself. Oh, that's because I posted it up a little bit above, and there's a little conversation there. Not everybody agreeing with me and Dan about Vince Young. I I wouldn't be totally against it. I said it on, a, I believe, the previous episode. Hey, why not have Vince Young and Joe Webb go at it? Since all of you guys out there love Joe Webb so much, Maybe have Vince Young and Joe Webb go at it, and the winner, t- and the winner, the spoils, the loser. Well, he'll be the backup, and see what happens. Like I said in Jacksonville a few years ago, they had Byron Leftwich and David Gerard go at it, and David Gerard ended up being a pretty good quarterback, not a superstar, but a good quarterback, a good quarterback who actually didn't make that many mistakes. He was kind of good. Uh, Doro again says, "I still think Kyle Orton is a good and safe pickup." Then you either draft a quarterback, cornerback, or safety with the 12th pick. You can you can draft O-line later. Yeah, I, for me it kind of depends on... It's kind of funny that we're... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're already talking about the draft a little bit. A little bit um, there. Kyle Orton wouldn't be the worst Band-Aid quarterback. He really wouldn't at all. I wouldn't complain too much. He's, again, another quarterback that does not make mistakes. So... That's good. When you have a great running game, having a quarterback that does not make mistakes is a good thing. So, But you also need an offensive line to help the quarterback not make mistakes. Oh, man. A cornerback, adding depth in the cornerback position wouldn't be bad. I mean, Chris Cook and Cedric Griffin, 
were hurt a little too much for my liking last year. And again, Antoine Winfield, who had a very good year last year, is even older. He's going to be he's thirty. He's going to be thirty four next year. So this coming year, twenty eleven. Thirty four. That's getting a little old for uh, you know this cornerback position. Uh, getting a safety would be fantastic. I'm telling you that O line. I mean, it kind of depends on who's there. It kind of depends on who's there. Drafting a quarterback twelfth would be fantastic if it's the right guy. It'd be nice if we could finally get a franchise quarterback in this system sooner rather than later with a nice offensive core. I, I think Bill Musgrave is going to be very successful, actually. Though one thing I don't like is uh, the offense doesn't really have an identity yet. I kind of don't like that type of talk. That drives me nuts. If it doesn't have an identity, then maybe it isn't that good. <laughs> so we'll find out how this goes. It's kind of like, it's sort of West Coast, it's sort of this, it's sort of that. We'll see how it goes, because it doesn't have a name yet. But uh, I like the vertical passing game, power running game approach quite a bit. Kind of, yeah, kind of like New England and uh, Atlanta, as they said. And those teams had pretty good records last year, didn't they? So we'll see how that goes. Though I didn't like their playoff success very much. They had the first round by and didn't get past it. So, as again, I bounce around way too much, and I apologize to the listeners. Drafting an O-line, yeah, like I was saying, it kind of depends on what's there, but, boy, regardless of who is there at 12 or not, getting this, yeah, (laughs) If the yeah, sure if the if the O line isn't the position to get there, then don't take it. Like if you're going way too low, then hopefully take him early in the second round. But uh, I think <laughs> do the best you can to get the best O lineman in this system as soon as possible via the draft or free agency or something. I I hope the draft we can draft the right offensive lineman and as many as possible because this team not only needs O lineman immediately, but it also needs depth. There is no depth in this offensive line. Not only is it not so good, but there's no depth. Um, and uh, boy, oh boy, I really wish Ponzi was available. Because look at Mr. Ponzi. He's in the Pro Bowl already. And uh, might not be healthy enough to play in the Super Bowl, but he might be. But yeah, he was a Pro Bowl center as a rookie. Oh, Ponzi, Ponzi, Ponzi. Remember Chris Tucker was talking about him a bit last year. And his stock soared, and he went to the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. Ouch. That sucked. So here we go, the whole talk about the new quarterback's coach already put a plug in for Titans, former Titans, Vince Young, or soon-to-be former Titans quarterback Vince Young. Yep, there are some comments here. Dan Taylor now say, uh, Dan Taylor says, I don't really want Vince Young as a Viking. As much as I love Brett, he brought a whole load of BS with him to the team, and that was part of the reason this year was so chaotic. Vince Young is even more of a diva than Brett, and is well-known for his lack of effort and respect for coaches and fans. I'd I'd much rather take someone safe and less skilled like an Orton than a loose cannon like Vince Young. I understand that approach. I understand that approach, Dan. I do. Um, My only thought would be, if you want to go young, that might be a way to kind of maybe have those two go at it. Maybe if you don't like your position for the draft... Maybe that's a way to go and see what happens. Otherwise, hey, Kyle Orton would be nice. But is he coming here or is he not? I have no idea. I have no idea. Jennifer Hill with her first official uh, post here on the page, and I appreciate that very much. Hope you're listening. I concur with the above statement. Why can't we look a bit harder for a better franchise quarterback? Because he ain't it. Um, Yeah, I can understand that again as well. I just hope there is a better franchise choice out there. It would be nice. It would be nice. It's 
That's what drives me crazy about talking about the draft sometimes early. And I, hey, I'm not against it. It just drives me crazy because you just never know how it's going to go. You just don't. I mean, Jimmy Clausen at one point was, was, some people thought he might have gone as high as number one overall, and he went in the second round. The Vikings had him in their lap, and they didn't take him because just, uh, you know, stuff was revealed about the guy, and everybody hated him, and he's in the second round, and he's a complete jackass, and uh, yeah, whatever. You know, they might... He's probably, they're probably going to draft another quarterback because they're going to have the Carolina Panthers, that is. They're going to have the number one pick overall. <laughs> Funny how that works. Chris Tucker. Good old Chris Tucker. Nice to hear, hear him. Yeah, I remember I was saying, I was like, I missed you. He, he does return, and that's good because I agree he is risky. But, but, if we can get him for nothing, I'm interested. Kolb will be too expensive. That, of course, the Eagles quarterback. Orton, and yes, Kolb would be too expensive. Orton has had one good year and will cost at least a second rounder. McNabb could be done and since Gabbert, that's right, Gabbert will be gone by the 12th pick. The rest of the rookie quarterbacks are riskier than Vince Young who if, who if we forget was number one overall rookie of the year and is already 30 and 18 in the NFL. Strong thoughts by Chris Tucker. Very much appreciate that right there. Yeah. Us listeners, yeah, you know, you, you can't forget that about Vince Young. The guy definitely has talent, and he did get the uh, Titans. You know, he did get the Titans some, some quality football in that time. I mean, 30 and 18 is not bad. It's not. I mean, they're, they're not the best team in the league. Sure, they had a good running game to go with Vince Young, but uh, the guy can play. Sure, he's a loose cannon, but I don't know if he's as much of a loose cannon as Brett Favre. Is he? Maybe in some ways and not in others, I guess. I mean, I guess. Dandoro's response is, the Broncos already said Orton was on the training block. Joe Webb is nice, but not great. Thank you. I do appreciate that he said that there. Because, no, he's not great. Joe Webb is not great. He, he might be later, but not yet. Uh, the Vikes need a veteran to run the offense. Well, either A, they draft a quarterback and develop or B, excuse me, I cannot stop coughing. They stick with developing web. So Tebow is out. That leaves Orton and Vince Young. I don't really care if they pursue Vince Young, but he wouldn't be my first choice. Tucker responded, as long as we don't draft Newton at 12, I'll be happy. <laughs> That's a guy, I believe, P.A.? No, no, P.A. like Gabbert. Uh, Brent Jacobson finishes this line with, if we can get Vince Young for free, like quote-unquote free, meaning a cheap deal, a conditional pick or a late round pick, then draft Kaepernick or someone like him, then use our earlier picks on improve the trenches. I'd be fine. And yes, improving the trenches would be fantastic. I mean, Chris Tucker and I were really pushing that last offseason, and I think the Vikings absolutely need to continue pursuing that as much as possible. Now I move up. Chris Tucker, this NFC Championship game is ruined with these. Two bra- t- these two trash bags playing in it. Yeah, the Bears and Packers. Oh, it was ruined because the because it was a very boring game, and the Bears kind of sucked. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Tony L. Coleman, Packers in the Super Bowl. I can't get behind that. I'm rooting for the AFC in the Super Bowl, no matter which team it is. Oh, and I wish it was the Jets, because I'm sick of the Steelers, folks. I'm really sick of the Steelers. Coleman, again, says, I mean, <laughs> if the Viking season wasn't painful enough... With everything that happened, now our most hated rivals are in the Super Bowl. This is a dark, dark year for those of us whose blood runs purple. And here it is. There's my statement for the entire season that I follow up Coleman with right here. 
Yeah, the 2010 season as a whole across the league has been a complete nightmare. I hate the Steelers, hate the Packers, and hated everything about the Vikings season. And yes, I read that. I read what I wrote because that's exactly how I feel about this year, folks. Yep. This is the worst situation that could ever happen, pretty much. My least favorite team in the NFC is the Packers. Well, no, maybe the Cowboys, but yeah, kind of tied with them. And my least favorite team in the AFC is the Steelers, and they're both in the Super Bowl. The Packers at 10-6 and six made it to the Super Bowl. 10-6 and six made it to the Super Bowl. The Vikings last year were the best team in the NFL in 2009, and they didn't make it. And it just, it hurts so much. It hurts so much saying that and seeing what happened. It just, it hurts so much. It really does. It, it sucks. It's the curse of 69. The curse of Super Bowl Four. I don't mean 69 like some stupid thing that people talk about all the time. I don't even want to get into it because it's dumb. Uh, it's the curse of Super Bowl Four. Yeah, when the Vikings should have beat the Chiefs. They were fared by 18 and got pounded by the Chiefs. That was what started the Vikings' playoff failures. <clears throat> it is what it is. One other bit of news. Chris Tucker posted this up. The Vikings just signed CFL star receiver Emmanuel Arkinou of the BC Lions. British Columbia Lions, I believe. No, yeah, British Columbia Lions. This guy is a stud. I have seen him play live a bunch of times. Good signing. Goodbye, Barian. Mm-hmm. I responded, I hope it worked out. I mean, we need another legit receiver. This year was a nightmare in every way. Chris Tucker says he is not the freak that Cam Wake was up here, but this guy looks like a legit NFL talent. Velcro hands. Doro, Doro fills in with, or, uh, excuse me, jumps in with Plessy as an awesome touchdown celebration. Chris Tucker finishes up with CFL celebrations are too funny. And Dan Doro with some strong comments. I like it very much. This is the end of the Facebook page. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff here, so the show is a little bit longer than I kind of expected, but that's okay. At least this part of the show is. He says, This weekend sucked, and living in Wisconsin will be unbearable for the next two weeks. For some reason, every person and their grandma are now Packer fans that they're winning. Mm-hmm. Everything about it. Yep. Yeah. I was saying how everything about that yeah, everything about that weekend sucks. It really did. Really, really. I was pissed that the Patriots didn't get past the Jets, the Jets, the Steelers. I hate the Steelers with a passion. And seriously, a six-seeded, ten and six Green Bay team can get to the Super Bowl, but not the ninety-eight, two thousand, or two thousand nine Vikings couldn't. That it's absolutely criminal. Dan Doro responds with the Falcons and Bears didn't really show up and play football. And no, they didn't. The Packers pounded them. And uh, that's all there is to it. The Packers earned their way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did. I hate saying it, but that's just how it is. That's just how it is, folks. So that's pretty much going to conclude the uh, the Facebook page. Obviously, pr- facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do give it a like. I'd appreciate it very much. Uh, a couple people have been coming in to the page. I hope more of you do. Please do join the page. It would just only help the show grow. I really appreciate it, those of you that do join Go to the Facebook.com Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Scroll down on it and click like and then do post and be a part of things. I'd appreciate it. Oh so very much indeed. So with that, we're gonna take a quick break and it's time for the NFC and AFC Championship reviews, which will be brief, and then the Super Bowl preview. And we will call it a week once again.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia episode number 84, which is a reminder for iPod listeners along with MB3 players and the Microsoft Zoom as well. Welcome back to Purple Mafia. appreciate you oh so very much. So yes, the NFC Championship game. Oh, what a game it was. Not. The Green Bay Packers defeat the Chicago Bears 21-14. to Again, I appreciate, or excuse me, apologize if the audio is a little cracky here for a second. I, the computer kind of tends to be get, tends to be a little moody. Not the greatest amount of memory on the thing, though. It's looking kind of good right now. Well, the Bears did not really show up to play this game until the end. <laughs> they finally scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. They were getting shut out the whole way. It was awfully frustrating. Oh, yes, it was. The Packers came out to a early lead. It wasn't the most exciting game ever. It certainly wasn't. In fact, this was an absolute snooze fest, as I already said. Barely worth watching. I mean, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. And um, I know it might sound like piling on a little bit. A little bit. But, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you are frustrated enough with this season as a whole. And I mean the entire bleeping year. The Bears looked like the Vikings. They did. They looked like the Vikings in this game. Very tedious. Almost no offense whatsoever. Just ineffective, ineffective offense. Just could not complete passes. Could not seem to get anything going. And, uh, yeah, Jay Cutler was hurt in the game. There was lots of debate early on, basically calling Cutler a wimp and what the hell is his problem when he, the guy had a sprained ligament in his knee. I mean, okay, let's kind of move on here. Sprained MCL, I believe. Yeah, I am correct there. Sprained MCL. And, um, yeah. Just, it was a crappy game, no matter no matter what. Todd Collins looking all but done. In fact, he just attempted four passes and was terrible. Jay Cutler was terrible as well. Caleb Henney was not bad, really. Though, unfortunately, he had two interceptions down the stretch. One of them was a pick six, the one that ended up being the winning play of the game. So, no, it wasn't that great either. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, his completion percentage was wonderful. He was solid. He helped the uh, the Bears get back in the football game in a big way, but the two interceptions were not helpful. So you could kind of pretty much say Caleb Haney was a push. Haney, excuse me, was a push. Todd Collins, virtually ineffective, pretty probably about done as a quarterback in the NFL. He's, he's ancient. Uh, and Jay Culler was terrible. Jay Culler did not show up in a big game, and I guess a lot of people weren't surprised. Uh, weren't really surprised by it. They really weren't. Matt Forte, fairly effective in the game. Not spectacular. Chester Taylor didn't do much, but he did get a big touchdown in the fourth quarter. Yes, he did early in the fourth quarter. Chester Taylor did do the classic goal line smash. Uh, Taylor, not really ever a goal line guy, more of a third down running back. He never really was a major touchdown guy, even in his best year with the Vikings in 2006. But he got one there, and there you go. (laughs) Oh, goody, the Bears were right back in the game. But their offense was pretty weak down the stretch. And when B.J. Raji intercepted Caleb Henney's pass, it was only on the 18-yard line. <laughs> the Bears just finally got the ball back on their 18-yard line. Just a, a pick six, totally inexplicable. With six minutes left, you figured the game was over. But the Bears had oh so many chances down the stretch. They tied, they tied the, they did not tie the game, but they had a very quick drive. Very impressive two-minute huddle type of drive by the Bears. To make it a 21-14 game with almost five minutes left, the Bears stopped the Packers. 
and they drive. <laughs> they get they get about halfway down the field, but that was about it. The clock runs out, and the Packers defeat the Chicago Bears. And as the sixth seed, the Green Bay Flippin' Packers are NFC championship uh, NFC champions, and off to the Super Bowl. What? It's uh. Again, a very painful feeling for a lot of us Viking fans who have been through as much as we have. The Vikings haven't been back to the Super Bowl since 1976. The Packers were in the Super Bowl in 1997, and they have three championships already. This is beyond belief! The Vikings really never been an underdog team that can go out and win like this. It's very frustrating. It really is. I mean, the Packers are laughing at us. We had their guy. We thought we were going to win a championship last year, the way things were going. I wouldn't blame anybody for believing that. Because the Vikings clearly were the best team in football last year until the Saints, you know, forced turnovers and, and uh, got us off our game. And yes, they played awfully dirty in that game as well. I will go to my grave saying that. They played very dirty in that game, and it sucked. But uh, unfortunately, you can't get it back. It's like we couldn't get the 1975 NFC Championship game back from the Dallas Cowboys. No, we can't, and it sucks. So again, the Green Bay Packers returning to the Super Bowl... Uh, for the f- returning to the Super Bowl for the first time in about 15 years, or 14 years, excuse me, officially, and congratulations to them. Oh, flippin' goody. 13 years, 13 years. Uh, very frustrating for us Viking fans. It sure is. A very unentertaining, uninspiring game, and an even less inspiring game until late. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are pounding the New York Jets. I don't even really want to get into this game as much but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna a little bit. Um, Mark Sanchez was actually pretty good. <laughs> he actually, he, I think he's just gonna continue to get better and better as a quarterback in the NFL. Of course, the New York Jets quarterback, but the Steelers just pounded the uh, New York Jets. Absolutely pounded the New York Jets early on, taking a 24 to zero lead in this game at one point. Just ridiculous. Mark Sanchez did fumble. He was hurt on the play. A lot of people figured this game is over already. The hell with this. It was <laughs> just before halftime. But then he took this, the Jets on a, on a scoring drive. Unfortunately, resulted only in a field goal, but still not bad. Mark Sanchez, very solid after hurting what looked to be hurt his shoulder, or excuse me, his wrist, arm, whatever, on the play that he fumbled. Not the worst ever. See, the way Sanchez was able to return and play some really solid football. Again, I think he's going to be a, a just he's going to be in the Pro Bowl. He absolutely is going to be in the Pro Bowl in his career. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Got the Jets going early. It looked like there might be hope as he was able to get the Jets down. And a great pass to Santonio Holmes for a touchdown, 45-yarder in that deal to make it 24-10, a 14-possession game. Then Roethlisberger seeing Ben Roethlisberger fumble. And give up a safety. That was pretty fun because I hate Ben Roethlisberger. Or dislike, we'll say, Ben Roethlisberger. And then the Jets, again, with another scoring drive only four minutes later. Mark Sanchez, again, looking really good down the stretch. Hitting Jericho Cotri in that deal on a four-line touchdown. A little bit of a jump ball there. 24-19, but that was all she wrote. Unfortunately, the Steelers' running game too good. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger, just the kind of guy you think you got him, you think you got him. No, you didn't got him. The guy is just a tricky player. I just, ah, he drives me crazy. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. But I can see where Steeler fans would love him because he's their guy. And when your guy's able to get it done, pretty or ugly, you love him, especially when you get championships out of it, which the Steelers 
already have two, and they're probably going to have three. Yeah. They're probably going to have three. Steelers look like a team on a mission. The only reason why I would have thought otherwise is because the way the uh, <laughs> the Jets made a nice comeback in this game and the Steelers stopped scoring. That's the only reason. I mean, they just flat stopped scoring, but their defense was good enough to stop the Jets regardless. It just was. So that's pretty much it. So now we're going to start previewing the Super Bowl. Aren't you excited? Well, <laughs> we're going to try to be excited. We're going to try. So here we go. Two very historical teams. Teams that you teams that I teams that you love to hate. I love to hate, and I'm sure other people love to hate as well. The Steelers and the Packers in the Super Bowl. And ladies and gentlemen, the Packers are favored in this game. Oh my god! <laughs> yep, that's right, the Packers. Favorite in this game. I don't know why. I really don't know why. I guess Las Vegas just likes to play games with people. And uh, the point spread, well, the point spread's annoying. <laughs> it changes all the time. I believe it's two and a half in favor of the Packers right now. So I'm, I would, if I was a betting man, I'd pick the Steelers because it's just one of those things. I'm not sure if I said this in the previous show, but I think I did. The Steelers, when they go on a run, they're going to win. Um, the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. It sucks, but it's but but it is what it is. I'll sort of be rooting for the Packers only because I'm sick and tired of the Steelers and the Packers are something new. Uh, but then again, why would I root for the Packers? It's like pick your poison. You get to see the freaking Steelers win another Super Bowl with my least favorite quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, or you see, or the Packer fans are gonna never give us a break because we had Brett Favre. He was at the doorstep of the Super Bowl, which we would have beaten the Colts because the Colts were terrible in that game last year. And I think they would have been equally terrible against us. Um, the doorstep of the Super Bowl only to throw an interception. And then they get in as a sixth seed and win the, uh, the freaking thing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Excuse me for that. I almost dropped an F-bomb there. It's just, it'd be one of those deals where you just, you never get to hear the end. And it would drive me insane it would drive everybody insane in this town who just, we don't want to hear it. Ugh. It's like, it's like, why can't it just end in a tie and nobody gets the trophy? Nobody gets the trophy. How, how about a zero to zero tie and no one gets the trophy? That's about the, that's about the perfect finish in this game. I don't want the Steelers to win their seventh Super Bowl because I'm bored to death of them. And the freaking Packers getting a championship the year after the Vikings. One freaking year after the Vikings were on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. And we had their guy as the quarterback. Oh, and by the way, he was our quarterback this year. And he sucked. Yes, he did. There, I said it out loud. I didn't say it on the previous show. Brett Favre utterly sucked this year. And everybody knows it. And it's okay to say it. And I just did. So there you go. <laughs> That's... But the Steelers are going to win, regardless of what I believe, regardless of what I want, regardless of what I really give a rat's behind about, rat's ass about. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl in this year, Super Bowl 45. They're going to have their seventh championship, and it's going to be boring. It's going to be dull. But, well, there's your, there's your dynasty. They're the new dynasty in football. The Patriots, unfortunately, had their last gasp to get, to get one more. Well, probably not really the last gasp at it, but kind of. They had a chance to win their fourth this decade, the past decade or so, in a span of a decade, we'll say. 
They had the chance to win their fourth and take a two Super Bowl lead over the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that ain't going to happen. The Steelers are going to tie the Patriots. They're going to be the new dynasty. And it sucks. And it is what it is. It is what it is. Yep, it just is what it is. And uh, we're just going to have to leave it at that. Hmm. Yep, I'm sorry this episode is fairly shorter than some of the others. Some of you may prefer it shorter. It just is what it is. Again, (laughs) we kind of know what's going to happen. Okay, let's say how the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. How do the Steelers win the Super Bowl? Well, they play a very physical, chippy style on offense and defense. The Pittsburgh Steelers running game is going to be uh, far superior to the Packers running game. Ben Roethlisberger, though ugly, a lot uglier style of play than Aaron Rodgers, who I think is who you know, we all know is fantastic. He, no matter what happens, he's going to find a way to win this game. And so is the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. The Steelers force turnovers at the most opportune times. The Packers, well, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, but he makes mistakes. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense makes a lot of, uh, makes plays. They always do. They find a way to get things done, and that's what's going to happen. Ben Roethlisberger isn't going to make the same mistakes that Jay Cutler and Mark Haney and all these guys made for the Chicago Bears. Um, It's just going to happen this way. It's plain as day. You think you got Ben Roethlisberger down and you're going to force the Steelers to punt and he finds a way to somehow dodge the tackle and break loose and get the first down. That's just what's going to happen and and the Steelers are going to find a way to win this game because of it. I'm sorry to say. (laughs) Though then again, I'm not too sorry because I think, I don't think the Packers winning the Super Bowl would be very fun for all of us here in Minnesota. In fact, I'm sure most Minnesotans are rooting for the Steelers for that very purpose. And I don't blame you. So there you go. That's why the Steelers are going to win the game. Aaron Rodgers is going to make it extremely interesting because of the passing game. The Packers' defense is a lot better than it's been the last several years. Dom Capers has done a fantastic job with that defense. But it's not going to be good enough because the Steelers find a way to win. And they will in Super Bowl number 45. There you go. That is what's going to happen. In my opinion, you're always welcome to make your opinions. Hey, maybe talk about the Super Bowl in past tense, because the next show, episode number 85, will be a Super Bowl review, and episode number 86 will be the State of the Vikings Address for 2011. So there you go. (laughs) There's a little foreshadowing for you out there. (sighs) So, let's get to the contact details. As I mentioned, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, so please join that website. Go to thesportstuff.com, click on register, or excuse me, click on TSS boards, then click register. We'd love to have you on our message boards. You can talk football with lots of different people on there. It'd be very fun. As mentioned, click TS, the button that says TSS boards in the right-hand side, upper right-hand side, then click register, create your screen name, and get started on those NFL boards. A lot, it's split into the divisions, which can make things really fun, where you could talk about multiple teams in there. You know, anything you want, you can argue or whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to do. A lot of people like to argue on message boards or just have a friendly debate or just a friendly conversation, not even a debate. would be very fun indeed. So that's how things are going to go. Would love to have you on that. Do call into the voicemail. Call, call in line 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Would be great to have you on board indeed. So mention you're calling it Reproval Mafia. And do state your opinion, shout-out question, whatever it is. And that would be fantastic. All righty. Well, would be great. Mention, uh, remember, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And don't forget about the Twitter account, Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do give that a follow. Would be terrific. So 
you already know what shows are coming up. So I'm going to sign off for this week. Do take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.